Good morning. We are continuing the conversation about what is love. Today we will discuss what does love mean from a biblical perspective and how to love. I have some amazing news to share with you. We now have listeners in Japan, Germany, Austria, and Cambodia, in addition to all other countries that I previously shared with you. This is just so humbling for me. I'm grateful for each and every one of you listening. I pray for my growing community on a regular basis, and you know that you can always reach out to me with your specific prayers. I created a Facebook page for you, Online Discipleship for Women, and I also will link to it in the show notes. I've been hearing just so many stories there. Women reach out about all kinds of things to me related to Christianity, their church life. I'm really, really, really happy to hear from you guys there. You also can message me on Instagram. Yeah, you guys are, this is it. Like, I'm doing this for you. This is a lot of hard work for me. And my hope is that this content will help you make the gospel applicable to the experiences of your daily life and also avoid some of the mistakes that I've made. I turned 35 this week on January 18th, and just having this Christian community, hearing from you guys on my YouTube channel and Facebook, in the video comments, and just reading your messages, it's really inspiring and amazing. Like, you guys are touching my heart every day. When God called me to start this ministry, I was really scared, and I felt like I'm not good enough. And then I did follow his calling. Look at our community growing now. Let me know how this ministry has helped you. Yeah, just I want to hear your story. I want to know what difference is this content making in your life. I want to hear from you. You can leave me a review wherever you're listening on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. I'm so excited to hear your stories and questions. I mean, many people have been reaching out to me asking questions. Ask me anything, especially knowing that we have this global community now. Okay, let's talk about love, my favorite subject. (laughs) Everyone wants love. What is love? That's our official series for the next several weeks. We kicked it off uh, with a special treat last week. I shared with you the 20 love lessons learned in my 35 years of life. And today let's talk about what does love mean. Coming up. You are listening to the Anna Zabo Show, a podcast for Christian women, where we have conversations about God, gospel, and the matters of life. If you enjoy this episode, please write and post your podcast review today. And remember to share it on social media. Oh, by the way, the calm music I add to the end of each episode is for your thinking pleasure. Now, enjoy the show. We all want love. It is a skill. How do we learn it? by observation. When we are young, we observe how we are loved and how people at home love each other. Growing up, love looked strange in my home, yet that was what I observed every day and all I knew. 
We had 10 people living together in a small condo in Russia. The only married couple I was able to witness was my grandmother and my grandfather, with whom my mother always lived and still lives there. My mother loved me by abusing me, hating on me, saying she wanted me dead, how much she hates me, calling me names, criticizing me daily, putting me on my knees on buckwheat in a corner for hours, telling me I was ugly, worthless, and will never amount to anything. She also enjoyed humiliating me publicly and comparing me to her girlfriend's daughters as well as my cousins. My grandmother was loving my grandfather by abusing him also. Every evening she would come home and start beating on him in front of me. She also loved him by publicly humiliating him, calling him names, treating him just like he was nothing, threatening him with divorce, until one day he died, and also she loved him by pouring alcohol into his glass daily. That was all I knew. I had no other examples of love. In my 35 years, I've noticed that often we get so consumed by the idea of being loved or not feeling loved that we actually forget to do a reality check with how do we love? Are we good at loving others? I'm certainly guilty of that. Let me share with you. By the way, the reason why I share on this podcast with you openly and vulnerably about my failures and mistakes is so that you can reflect on my lessons learned and perhaps the Holy Spirit will use this content to change your heart and help you avoid the mistakes I've made. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8 says this, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I adore this Bible verse. And so when Michael and I planned our wedding in 2016, this was our theme. We had this verse on our wedding invitations, wedding favors. It sounded great and it looked really inspiring. Only I can humbly tell you from this side of our story, neither of us knew what those words actually meant when it came to our life together after that beautiful wedding. We were not loving well at all. Michael was always puffing up his ego, talking about what a great Christian he was and how skilled he was at loving bragging to his friends about making me breakfast in bed while spending seven minutes a week with me. I remember this one morning. He made me breakfast in bed and it was about 4 or 5 a.m. and he left right after that because he wasn't spending time with me. And I remember later getting access to his cell phone and <laughs> 
Seeing a text message he sent to his friend Seth saying, hey, just made my wifey breakfast in bed, that's how it's done. And I was just realizing that even little things he did do for me, he did do puff up his ego. It was really painful. He was not open or willing to look at himself through a lens of reality. I, at the same time, was so hurt by his cheating, rejection and betrayal and so confused from being pulled into multiple realities by him that I forgot who I was, whose I was why I was in this marriage, and I cussed at Michael and sent him middle finger pictures. It was not loving. In today's episode, I will not speak about not receiving love and how I was not loved by Michael. Today, I will honestly and openly share with you what I learned about loving when it came to 1 Corinthians 13, Michael, our marriage, and my actions of not loving well. The reason why is because when it was all said and done, I can honestly tell you from this side of this whole horrific story that how Michael was not loving me is not as important and definitely not as painful as how I did not love Michael when I really wanted to love him. After the Labor Day 2016, when Michael gave up on our marriage and I sent him mean messages, I looked at my phone. I sat there in front of our marital residence, looking at the garage doors. He just left to go to the mountains with his friends, telling me that he gave up on our marriage. I just got home from work and I was thinking, what happened? Why are you like this? Why are you so angry? And I called the mom of a pastor of a small church I was attending in Cumming, Georgia, where we lived. She met with me that day at Panera Bread, and while I was talking and crying and weeping, what I realized in a conversation with her was that I really wanted to love Michael. I wanted to honor my vows. I wanted to be loyal, committed, loving, and kind. I wanted to love Michael because to me, Michael was lovable, not because of anything he's done or hasn't done, but because I chose to marry Michael out of deep love, a feeling. Now I wanted to learn how to love him with my actions despite his rejection, manipulation and abandonment. I wanted to love him because that's what I promised God on our wedding day I will do for the rest of my life, but I was failing every day at loving Michael. From that point on, it was about me learning to love Michael no matter what Michael was deciding to do. And I will tell you, those blueprints we get embedded in our brain from our early years, they're so powerful. I understood that Michael was hurting me because he himself was hurt in his childhood. I wanted to forgive him. I wanted to be kind, be gracious, but instead I yelled. Not only that, I did crazy things, like one day, because he was refusing to love me, and he did mean things like leaving grass, trash everywhere, and knowing that I was the only person cleaning our 1800 square feet two-story house all the time. He never ever helped me. He knew that I had two back injuries, and it was really hard for me and painful. He left grass consistently 
just trashed grass everywhere and of course the wind and we with our shoes and Bruna will bring it to the house and I will have to clean the house immediately. So when I saw that's what he did intentionally hurting me, I took grass and I poured it all over his clothes in his wardrobe. Then I took pictures and I sent it to him because that's what I promised I will do unless he would stop leaving trash grass all over the house. It was really mean. It was really crazy. And now when I think about it, I just want to cry thinking how unloving that was, yet I did it. I wanted to accept the fact that Michael was choosing his bicycle over me, calling it his wife. I wanted to give Michael time. I wanted to be grounded in my identity in Christ. I wanted Michael to choose me someday over the bicycle. And in the meantime, I wanted to just love Michael. But instead, I was saying mean words to him, demanding his presence in our marriage. What is love is a series that God put on my heart on Christmas Eve 2017, which is when I started posting YouTube videos every single day on my online Discipleship for Women YouTube channel. If you're not yet subscribed to my channel, please go to youtube.com slash and subscribe to get my videos daily. I will also link to it in the podcast description. Right now, I will read to you an entry from my journal, which I wrote on Christmas Eve 2016. I will tell you with all honesty, what studying these verses and meditating on them, reflecting on my actions of love, what it all taught me. Love is patient. And that means to endure for a long time. When I studied this one part of this verse, I was reflecting on my actions in my marriage. And I just saw for myself how I was not enduring anything for a long time. I wanted to immediately fix all my marriage problems. I wanted to immediately have Michael choose me over his bicycle. I wanted Michael to stop immediately rejecting and abandoning me and exposing me to mental cruelty and wasting our money on his addiction to Iron Man. I wanted everything to be fixed instantly. While 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that love is patient, meaning it endures for a long time, my love was not. Love is kind. It means benevolence, goodwill, tenderness. This definition of love tells us everything we need to know about our actions and how to love. And reflecting on my own actions, I can honestly tell you, I was not tender. Now, did I have a goodwill in loving Michael? Yes, but I was not self-aware. I was so much more reflecting on how Michael did not love me that I forgot to reflect on how I did not tenderly love Michael. So, 1 Corinthians 13 teaches us that love is kind. My love was not kind. It does not boast. What does it mean? I was asking, I was studying, and I was reading commentary. I wanted to find out what does all of this actually mean in real life, in daily life of a marriage. It does not boast means 
to brag or to point to oneself. Now, I told you how Michael bragged about his actions. He bragged to his friends. He wanted to puff up his ego. But I bragged about my love to Michael. I bragged about cleaning that house by myself all the time. I bragged about being there present in our marriage and him not. I bragged about me almost making it seem as if I were better than Michael, but I wasn't. If I were truly doing this with good will, for the purpose of just loving Michael and not a checkbox, I would never ever brag about this to Michael. I would be patient and I would give it all some time, but I was bragging that I was present in the marriage and he wasn't. Next, it says it is not proud. That means puff up, blow up, big opinion of oneself, egotistical. I was reflecting on the way I was loving in our marriage. I was reflecting on my actions and I was reflecting on my intentions. And while my intentions were to love Michael, in real life, I was looking at Michael cutting grass with evil intentions, laughing in my face, leaving grass chairs there. And instead of being kind and giving him grace and just letting it go, I went outside, picked up dirty grass, and I poured it all over his fresh, clean clothes in his wardrobe. Now, this kind of action would only come from a blow-up, from big head, like, I told you not to do this, and here is how I told you to love me, and you're not loving me the way I tell you to love me, so here you go, here is dirty gra grass on your clothes. So, my love was proud. It was big-headed. It was blowing up from anger and ego. Next, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us it is not rude. What does that mean? It does not seek to cause problems. Well, just the example I described to you a few seconds ago already tells you that my love actions were very rude. Next, it tells us love is not self-seeking. What does it mean? It means it is not self-centered. It is not ego-driven. Well, while I thought my love was not ego-driven and not self-centered, while I thought my love was centered on our marriage, demanding Michael's presence in our marriage was not loving or kind or patient. So I wanted Michael to be in our marriage for me. I wanted to have this marriage for the sake of honoring God because I felt like God wanted me to honor Him with our marriage. And unless our marriage was God-honoring in my own perception, I felt like I would never be able to honor God. So I really wanted Michael to be there in our marriage so that I could honor God. It was truly self-centered. It was ego-driven. It was self-seeking. If I were loving Michael as my husband in a non-self-seeking way, I would just give him room to love his bicycle and to cheat on me, and I would be patiently loving on him, waiting on God to do work in Michael's heart, but I wasn't. Love is not easily angered. Well, that's a big one. If you've been a listener of this podcast since I started it in October, if you've been watching my videos, 
you know from me honestly and vulnerably sharing here with you all the truth about my failures, I was texting Michael mean words out of anger. So my love was easily angered. When I studied what it means, when it says love is not easily angered, it says that it's not short, it doesn't have short fuse. Short fuse does not equal love. Well, my love was easily angered. It was definitely short fuse. Next it says, love keeps no records of wrongs. And what it means is love settles disagreements in a spirit of humility. Well, while I wanted to settle our disagreements, and I really, really tried very hard to do it in humility, there were many times when I blew up in anger, and I shared those times with you, and there is so much more to share, and I'm going to be sharing more, of course, as we continue this love series. So my love was definitely keeping the records of wrongs. Next it says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Instead of giving Michael grace and forgiving him daily and letting go of what he was doing and not doing and focusing on Jesus and his truth, I was delighting in evil by keeping the records of wrongs, by collecting all the hurt and all the anger in my heart and then blowing up. And then it says, love always protects, meaning it covers up. I was not covering up for Michael. When we attended our marriage group at a small church there and coming, Michael showed up there pretending and lying about our marriage and trying to cover up in lies everything. And instead of being quiet and covering up for Michael, I exploded with anger. I told everything we were going through. And I mostly told people about Michael's faults and not my faults. And I yelled in anger. I was so, so frustrated that he was trying to pretend like we were this newlyweds with rainbows and unicorns that instead of covering up in quiet spirit and not saying anything, I blew up telling on him. It says love always trusts. It means belief in the other person's goodwill, but not lacking discernment, not being easily foolish, not being naive. Well, I did trust, not in Michael. I trusted wholeheartedly that God can turn everything around for us, that God can make all the difference. But I did not trust God to the point of being humble and kind and quiet. I did not trust him to that point, no. I definitely made all my demands known to Michael and how I felt, how I was disappointed and how I was frustrated. I made it all known to Michael. It says love always hopes. And what it means is love believes that better days are coming. And I will tell you, my depression, suicidal thoughts and paralyzing anxieties were coming from lack of hope. I could not see beyond my hurts. I could not see beyond my narcissistic marriage reality. I could not see beyond Michael's failures. And I could not see beyond my own failures. I don't think I had any hope until... I refocused on God and I started learning how to love and I took on love their journey. 
in September of 2016 and I started learning how can I love Michael with my actions, how can I focus on glorifying God with my actions of love toward Michael, no matter what Michael did. It says love always perseveres, meaning it endures all things, all things. I was not willing to endure Michael's cheating. I was not willing to endure his rejection. I was not willing to endure his abandonment. I was not willing to endure. I was not willing to persevere. I wanted God to fix everything and I wanted our marriage to be God's way or the highway. And so when Michael told me that he wants to file for divorce, he wants us to separate. I texted him that I went to the courthouse and that I looked into divorce and I was not willing to move out of our home without us being divorced. I was not willing to quit on him, but I was not willing to endure or persevere either. I wanted everything fixed. That was the only way I was willing to be in this marriage and that is not how love or marriage work at all. And finally, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love never fails. It does not quit. It doesn't give up. Love is steadfast and being angry at Michael and saying that I was willing to settle for divorce with him. I can honestly tell you my love failed me and failed my marriage and failed Michael. Because if I were willing to persevere through whatever was going on in our marriage, I would never say such things. I would never, never, never say such things. So there you have it. Here's how I failed at love and next I will be sharing with you what I did about it, how I took on the love their challenge and the kindness challenge and how I learned slowly to love Michael with my actions and how later I succeeded, which is something I really, I really have such a positive memory of. And when I think about the experiences of how I did succeed at loving Michael, it warms up my heart. It really redeems all these failures that I just shared with you. But for today, this is it. This was us reviewing 1 Corinthians 13, applying it to real life love actions and me sharing my failures in love with you and how I was not at first aware of how I was not loving Michael and not really being skilled at love. I shared with you last week 20 love lessons in my 35 years to copy all of them. You can go to my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com, NSABOJDMBA, and find this podcast there. And also, I'm going to share all the show notes uh, here today and link also to the Love Their book, which is what I'm going to review next week with you. I'm very active in the comments there on YouTube, so definitely go there, ask me any questions, and I will see you either in my next video tomorrow, if you're a subscriber on YouTube, or next week in our next podcast about what is love. Have a blessed day, and I will definitely be praying for everyone listening that you guys can take this information and apply it to your life and reflect on your own actions of love and definitely do something good with this information. Go love on the people you want to love. Go 
love them with your actions and intentions because you may really have very limited time to love them that's what I realized and that's why I took on love there which is what we will be talking about next week so you have a blessed day and I will talk to you in our next episode God bless